And that shows that God is mysterious, he's powerful, he's divine, and he's everything for us. Today, the theme is going to be a new life in Christ, which is based on 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you and myself are in Christ, we are a new creation. All the old habits of our lives are buried with him. Our lies, our carelessness, our curses, our stupidity, our ignorance, our everything is completely buried with him. And we are free now. There's no condemnation for anyone who is in Christ anymore. We can confidently say that we are in Christ. We are special people. We are children of Christ. And that is all. So now, uh, because we are the body of Christ, I'm alone here now, but I have so many hands. So many heads, and that is exactly what we are going to do now. We are body, but tonight, the international group made up of different brothers and sisters are going to display what God has for you. So, team people, please, can you come up here? Those who are involved, please come along here and then let's see the gifts God has endowed on your life. <clears throat> yeah, stand everywhere. That's right. So now, as I've already said, the team is a new life in Christ based on 2 Corinthians 5.17. We are going to read it, and then we see how it goes. You can come here, Caroline. Let me hold it for you, my dear. Feel comfortable, right? I'm reading it in English, and Second Corinthians, chapter five, seventeen, in a King James version. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Because we are in Christ, we fill our hearts and minds with good things, as in Philippians 4, 8. It also reads, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, 
If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. Thank you very much, my dear beautiful wife. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. This is exactly what those who are in Christ should possess. Our minds should be filled with good things. Any evil thing that comes into our mind should be discarded completely by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The right honorable, it is yours turn now. Hallelujah. Um, it goes on to say in Galatians 2.20, um, if you are in Christ, you are not the same. Because if Christ dwelleth in you, you are not the old person. And so I read from Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Thank you very much, the right honorable. That is exactly what he has told us. If we live in Christ, we no longer live for ourselves. That is one thing we should bear in mind. We no longer live for ourselves. If God says, love, you love. Radical obedience to Christ is very, very important. So that is one point we should bear in mind. Praise the Lord. I'm going to translate 2 Corinthians 5.17 in 3 Akan. Corinthians 4 Huma etosu ebiyeng etinum chichemudun song. Nase obiwo eradimua waye abode fofro. Na adinyi na muno ewose oye bibia fofro. Na eradimuno waye onipa fofro. Amen. It goes to say is that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creator. Our purpose in, in, as Christians is to live a Christ life. We live in Christ, Christ lives in us. Let our life be exemplary to Christ. I go on to read Philippians, five, Philippians 2, 5, 8. And being found in presence as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Amen. Thank you very much. So, as it goes on, we know that if really we are in Christ, it means we should have the mind of Christ in ourselves. And that mind is a mind full of selflessness. The mind with all humility the mind of radical obedience, even to the father. Even though he knew he was going to die, but he has to obey him, no matter the consequences. That is exactly what we have to do. We should have the mind of Christ, the mind that does not care about what happened, but just to obey him and him alone. 
Are we ready for that? Amen. Oh, my goodness. Uh, good evening, church. My name is Mercy. Uh, before we, I go into my little study, I've got a little prayer. Father, we want you to pray. Uh, Father, we pray that you will quiet our hearts this evening as we receive your word. Amen. You are God. Let you be in the center of this uh, discussion. So in my little study, I've read Good News Bible and King James Version. Then I'll explain what I've learned. Anyone who is joined in Christ is a new being. He, the old is gone, the new has come. That's the Good News Bible. Then we go on to the King James Version. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So as I was meditating on the King James Version, be in Christ was touched my heart. And I'm thinking, Lord, you got to say something because be in Christ is joined in Christ. But then I went to the uh, Oxford Dictionary and it says, be in Christ means literally inclusion, embedded. Like when you put the stones in a material or when you are doing craft work or designer. So I'm thinking, Okay, by faith we are embedded in Christ. Everything should be possible with us. So because Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that means he doesn't have an expiry date, meaning we are transformed. See, now that we know all this, are we living the Christ-like life? This is a question for all, for all of us to study on. Then I went on to read uh, about Apostle Paul in Acts 20, verse 27 and 28. Apostle Paul is saying, this is interesting. <laughs> okay. Apostle Paul in chapter 20, Acts, book of Acts is saying, For I have not held back from announcing to you the whole purpose of God, so keep watch over yourselves meaning we need to examine ourselves before we go to people or to witness to people. And over all the flock which the Holy Spirit has placed in our care, be shepherds of the church of God, which he has made his own through the blood of his son, Jesus. Which means when Jesus died on the cross, that's when the church was created. Now going to First Peter 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, it's saying, be like newborn babies, always thirsty for the pure spiritual milk, so that by drinking it, you may grow up and be saved. I leave you all to meditate on verses 5 and 10 of 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 2, verses 5 and 10. Otherwise, all the glory and honor be to the Lord. Amen. 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 In fact, he has already preached whatever I wanted to say. <laughs> and my dear sister, you are great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so our brother here also is going to read it in uh, Shona, isn't it? Yeah. Shona. Shona. That's right. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. Kanamunu, achinge awa muna Christo, awa munu mutwa. Zese zwa udara, zwa pfura. Zese zwa epo, zwa zicha. Because of this newness, in Christ Jesus that we have. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says that, therefore we renounce all shameful ways. We renounce all shameful deeds. We do not use deception. No, we, we distort the word of God. 
Amen. That is Shona in Zimbabwe, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, our dear sister also read it in Chi. That is Ghana language. In Chi, Ghana language, isn't it? That's great. The body of Christ manifesting in various areas. Uh, it's unfortunate some of our dear sisters and brothers couldn't attend. But still, God is in control. So my dear brothers and sisters, you can sit down. Thank you very much. Uh, Helen, I'm going to do something with you. Because yours, we are going to do two parts, but uh, she's going to perform something very extraordinary. But uh, Helen, before we come to that, just give me some seconds. All right. So we've read now that if we are in Christ, we should know what to do. We have the mind of Christ in us. We no longer live on our own. We cannot tell God, no, God, today I'm not feeling wise, so disobedience put it aside. No. Radical obedience is for us. That is something. And that is why Christ said, if you want to follow me, then carry your cross. So we don't step in to follow God and then say, okay, no, today I'm not feeling why. So, okay, Christ, I'll come and follow you later. You follow, you take your cross, and then you follow him. And the cross is heavy. You follow him no matter the consequences. Being a Christian is not all that easy. Because obedience to Christ sometimes is not convenient. Honestly, yeah. Sometimes it's full of uncomfortable situations. Sometimes you've got to tell the truth. And the truth is the only thing that can set us free. And you know, sometimes telling the truth... Hey, if I don't take care, you not like me forever and ever. That's why Christ said, I have not come to give you peace. Because you may tell the truth to your mom and your dad or your brother, your sisters, they will get angry with you. I have not come to give you peace. But with Christ in us, we are able to adjust ourselves. And no matter the consequences, follow him. And him alone. Because that is the best for us. We cannot allow the blood that is shed for us at Calvary. With all the beatings. With all the curses. With all the mockings. To go scot-free like that. No. We shall not take advantage of that. We've got to stick to whatever plans God has for us. So, um, let me wear my spectacle here. 
So a new life in Christ means that our actions, our thoughts, any decisions we make should be divine. As Jesus did on the cross. Jesus responds to all the challenges were divine, were full of forgiveness. Father, forgive them. But to be honest, if I were Jesus, I would curse them because I have the power to do that. Because what Jesus went through is, was not easy. Yeah. I would have cursed. I would have even asked the angels to come and burn them up. I'm telling you. If I were Jesus, I would do the same thing. But look at what he did. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they are doing. And that is exactly what we have to do. We have to forgive our brothers and sisters, those who don't see eye with eye of ourselves. We have to forgive them. Pray for them. We forgive them 77 times 7. Means it should continuously be done. Continuously be done. To manifest Christ-like attitude in our lives. At home, in town, at work, we should do that. And because we are in Christ, we are going to face so many challenges. But we should be able to exhibit Christ-like attitude in our lives. And that is very, very important for us to do. Especially if you are in Christ, we should be dead in Christ. Totally dead with him. And I wonder if any dead man can respond to any problem. Any dead man. Has any dead man has any feelings? No. But so why is it that when we are in Christ, sometimes we are being irritated, we get angry, we get worried about so many things. But if we are dead in Christ, it means we have no response to environment at all. Our senses are dead. If somebody slaps us, we don't feel it. If somebody insults us, we will not feel it. That is exactly what it means when we say we are dead in Christ. So if somebody slaps me and I respond, it means I'm not dead in Christ. If somebody offends me and I get angry, I'm not dead in Christ. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Because any dead person can never respond. If I'm dead now and you come and hit me with everything, I will not feel it. Yeah, I won't feel it. So if I don't feel anything in my environment, why should I be angry with somebody? Why should I get worried if somebody irritates me? 
So these are some of the things we both ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to strengthen us, so that we shall have the mind of Christ in us. And once we have the mind of Christ in us, we will be able to know that we no longer live on our own. All our responses to everything should be in light with what the word of God says. The word of God says, forgive, forgive. Whether you are a pope, whether you are a church leader, whether you are that, if the word of God says forgive, no excuse. No, Christ, as for this one, no, 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 no. I can't forgive. No, it means we are not dead in Christ. So I think the dead in Christ should be something that should be planted into our lives. And that is the only way people will know that we are in Christ. Because with that, we'll be able to love sincerely. We'll be able to give, forgive sincerely. And we'll be able to even to pray for those who are our enemies. And as Christians, we are surrounded by enemies here and there. But we can only do that when we yield ourselves for the Holy Spirit to take control. So I pray that with what we have here today, if we are in Christ, we are a new creation, all the old things have passed away, new things have come into our life, I pray that the Holy Spirit will strengthen us will energize our lives so that what we cannot do, we'll be able to do. Because more often than not, what we don't want to do is what we do. And when it happens like that, our faith is completely failed. And once our faith is failed, we disgrace God. We disgrace even people around us. And we disgrace ourselves. So we need the Holy Spirit every second and every minute and every hour to help us to live in the Spirit so that we will never gratify the sinful nature of the flesh in us. And everything we do, everything we say, Every activity that comes into our life will be completely in line with God's standard way of living. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our dear lady, Helen, come on. Then do what you want to do now. Talk about no pressure, hey?
evening. I've always wanted to do this, so excuse me if I, you know, get out of control a little bit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I think it must be the Easter dinner. <laughs> right. Um, before I start, I'm just going to do a quick prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. Father God, I just pray that um, as I'm about to share the word that you've impressed on my heart, that it may be all of you that speaks at this moment in time and none of me. Father, I just pray that the people in this room may just receive this word and just pray that as I'm sharing this word, Almighty God, Holy Spirit, just work with each person and just reveal to them the areas in their lives that they need to make more room for you. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So, I think when this opportunity came up, um, whilst I would, you know, was looking forward to doing this, it's a bit nerve-wracking. So, <laughs> um, I prayed about it and it God impressed a message on my heart, which was receiving. Um, and... I thought, how does that fit in with international group leading? Do they not expect drums and, and, and horns and all that happening? <laughs> so um, anyway, um, I, I felt God really impressed that really heavily on me that I needed to share this message with you today. Um, basically, so when I was looking at how the international group sort of works, I was thinking, oh gosh, okay, so what are the, you know, how are we going to do it? Because we're all from like different countries. Um, and what... The Holy Spirit sort of said to me, is like, whilst you're all from different countries, you're united by one thing. And that one thing is your Christian faith. And that faith begins today, on a day where we celebrate his resurrection. For were it not for his resurrection, then we wouldn't have Christianity, really, would we? So then I thought, okay, okay, fine. Then the receiving, this receiving thing seems to be working. I, I can fit it in. So... Basically, I'll start with the story. Uh, I am in a Bible group. Sometimes we call it Bible group, prayer group, but it's sort of like um, the cell groups that you have. But I'm in it with different people from different denominations. So we sort of meet every Friday. Um, but every Easter, what we tend to do, we have our obligatory Daniel fast. And it starts because it started because one person suggested, shall we have a fast? Yeah, we'll have a Daniel fast. Oh, what's that? Oh, actually, you get to eat, so it's okay. You just leave the meat out. So yeah, 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 we're okay with that. So we started to do the Daniel fast, and it was like, okay, a bit of a struggle the first few days because you're thinking, oh gosh, I miss the meat. But after a while, you get into it, you lose a bit of weight. Ah, not so bad. On Good Friday, what we would then do is we'd all meet up and. What we would do is we would, each person would write down uh, the sins or strongholds that they felt that they had in their lives. That they are actually giving up now that Christ has risen. So, oof, we're going to, you know, get rid of those. So, we would all gather up. We would all, you know, praise and worship. And, and then I was in charge of burning all the sins, but I didn't look promise. So <laughs> I'd get everybody's little paper. So we did this and, and then we'd burn it in a fire, symbolic, and then break the fast the next day and then, you know, back to normal. We did this for three years. On the fourth year, I thought, okay, 
guys, is it just me? Or do I seem to be burning the same sin and stronghold every year for the past four years? Something is going wrong here because I actually believe that Jesus died. I actually believe that my sins are forgiven. But how is it that every single year I have the same sin and stronghold that I'm burning every Good Friday? And then everybody was like, oh, I thought it was just me. You know, how are we going to sort this out? So it pushed us to go deeper to try and find out that, fine, we believe to a certain extent that he did die for our sins and if he's done, if he has died for our sins and all of this stuff is just supposed to be gone, how come we are recurring, we go to church every Sunday, we do everything we're supposed to do, but come Good Friday, we're burning the same thing. So I say this story because it sort of relates to God's message today. He sort of brought that to, my, to mind and he said that he what we need to do is to be able to receive the ultimate gift that he has given. And the problem is some of us believe that we've received it, but we haven't quite received it. And the reason for this is sometimes we feel that we, uh, we may think that we know God and we actually believe in God, but we don't have a personal relationship or we've never had an encounter with God. So as far as we're concerned, he's the God in that book. He is just the God of Moses. He is just God, the God of Abraham. And so I went on a journey where I had to challenge. I was like, I want him to be the God of Helen too. So I need to know that God. I, it's not enough for me to just read about him in that book and then just read about all the magical things he did. And, you know, how does it work out for me? So we went on this journey and, and basically what God started to speak to us and to me directly was that you need to be able to receive that gift. And the way that you receive that gift is through your faith. You have got to be able to just believe that it is actually enough, that what he did on the cross is enough. It is enough for the stuff that you did in the past. It is enough for present and it is enough for future. And you have got to completely believe in that. And you have got to then completely open yourself up to God that he may do the work in you to change you. So where we were going wrong is, uh, I'm trying to think, sin I'm comfortable to share with, lying, right? Um, I used to lie at, well, yeah until recently I think lie a lot just conforming you know you're late to work traffic no I snoozed my alarm like 20 times <laughs> so <laughs> so he will start to do a work slowly the conviction will start in your heart and once I allowed him to work in me he started to show me that the problem wasn't even lying the problem was not lying the problem was I was seeking acceptance the problem was, if I told the truth that I snoozed my alarm 20 times to my boss, he would, I would know that he would have the impression of me that I'm an ir irresponsible employee. I'm not considerate about my colleagues. And that was the truth. But I didn't want that to come out. So I lie. Because if I told him that and he sees me differently, he can accept me. So where I was trying to fight the problem of not lying, it didn't lie there. It, lay, it was somewhere else where I didn't know. And I would have never known had God not revealed that in me. So what he's saying is that a lot of you in this room have not received this finished work, the gift that he has. Um, and that you have perfected the art of giving sacrifices, the art of carrying out good works. Um, 
But all of this is secondary to what God requires. Um, in Hosea, I can find it, 6, he says, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And so what he's saying is he needs your heart and he needs all of you, not part of you. Because he is saying that I am pouring out my love to you. I am pouring out all the good things, all the things that I have designed for you to you. But you are closed off to me and I cannot penetrate that bit. And you have to do your part. So to elaborate what he's trying to say, he's saying... There are different types of, there's three particular issues that he's asked for me to demonstrate today. Excuse the carling pint glass. <laughs> he says the first is, right, some of you have offense in your hearts. And the offense is against God. Because he hasn't shown up when you wanted him to show up in a manner that you wanted him to show up, and in the situations you wanted him to show up. So you hold offense with God because he shouldn't have done that. So and so, it should have never happened to this person. should have never happened to me. Where were you? And he's saying because you hold this offense, sometimes it's so easy to go unnoticed. It makes it difficult for me, for us to form the relationship because you close that gap. So imagine this is you. This is God pouring. So you have a relationship going. He's pouring into you. You hold a fence. This happens. It's not going into you. And he's saying that this has got to change. There are some of you who are carrying that with you. And be it a situation where it's been a healing you've wanted and it hasn't happened when you wanted it to be. May have been... A job you wanted it didn't happen when you wanted it to be. You may have been sacked or treated unfairly and you didn't want it to happen that way because God should have stepped in for you. He's saying that release that offense today in this place because he has a new grace and mercy for you today to be able to do that. Some of you are battling a lot of multiple lives, multiple personality disorders where your Sunday life is different from your weekday life, a complete contradiction to your convictions, such that if your work colleagues were to see you here, they would be so surprised at how you are on Sunday, but when you're outside, you're a completely different person. And he's saying that you could be akin to that, and nothing goes in at all, empty. And he's saying that that has to go. And some of you, he's mentioned some things you're struggling. Some struggle with pride, gambling, addictions, anger, lying. It's got to end today. But it requires you to be willing to open up your hearts to be able to receive that. And he says that you are fighting these strongholds. It's not even something that you desire for yourself. You, you're, you're trying to stop. You want it to stop. But the problem is you're trying to do it by your own strength. It is not going to work. You'll be back here, Good Friday, burning the same sin again. So the best way is to receive what he has for you. And some of you are battling with past sins. 
the sheer guilt of them just weighs down on you completely. And you don't even feel worthy to receive what he has done for you. And you don't even feel worthy sometimes to be able to even serve in the house of God. But he's saying that I love you dearly and you are precious to me. You are precious to me for he has given up. He so loved the world so much that he gave his only son just for you. This is personal for you. And it's not one of those messages where you should sit and think, I, I wish so-and-so was here today and be receiving this because it would work a great deal for them. No, <laughs> it is for you. Um, and you need to be able to know and know and accept that God loves you. He is pouring on you, but you are closed. And he needs you to be able to open up so you can receive what he has for you. And he's saying that the finished work on the cross is enough to cover all sins. It is enough to cover everything. And he will use every single thing that has happened to you and turn it for the better. And so no matter what story you have, he loves you and he wants you to know that you are his and you need to receive his ultimate gift. So some of you have become comfortable with certain things. So you have certain areas of your life. I wish I had a glass that was divided. But you have certain areas of your life where it's okay to give to God. And then certain areas we're actually quite comfortable with this because, you know, tithing, 10%. It's a bit much. So I will only allow up to there. We can't fill up anymore because you can't delve into my finances. I'm okay to give the time that I need or if I can go and do this, but you can't actually touch certain areas of my life. Some areas, some people may have different areas that are, I don't know, other relationships, inappropriate relationships they have. It's comfortable for them, but so God can't come into that realm. He can only fit into one realm. But what he's saying is that bit you do not want him to touch, that Rot is spreading to the other areas of your life. So you will have this happening. Sorry, Rachel, I smuggled coffee in. <laughs> so you now have that happening because in the other areas you're not allowing him to be in, you're bringing in stuff. And I've never known a situation where the good bits of a fruit would make the rot go away. It's always the other way around. So what he's saying is that Come to me and I will fill you up. I will fill you up completely. However, in the filling up process, there is another issue that's happening. You don't give all of him to you, right? So you want to give him a little bit so he goes into just a little bit. So it depends on what you're giving to him because he'll fill up what you give to him. So you have a little bit like that. And then he says, the weird thing is some of you are bringing this to be filled up. There. That's what you bring. And that is what he will fill up. But you need to be bringing all of you. And the reason why he's saying this word now is because as a church, we need to be able to function effectively. And the only way that has got to happen is when every member is operating in the overflow of God. Now, the church is us, the people. 
not the building. But he's saying, I need an effective church at Junction 10. Otherwise, what is the purpose of having a very nice state-of-the-art building that is filled with ineffective, an ineffective church that cannot conduct kingdom business? It is very, very important that you take this seriously and open up your hearts to just receive the overflow because when he keeps pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring, at some point this gets clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. And when you're operating in the overflow, what he says is if you abide in me and I abide in you, whatever you ask for, it shall be done. When you're operating in God's overflow, even cancer has got to respond. When you're operating in his overflow, nothing can come in your way. Nothing can stop you. Not even fear because perfect love drives our fear and God is love. And he's saying, I love you so dearly. You need to open up and accept me. Open. That is all he wants of you today. The only commitment is open up. He's not saying stop that thing like today because he can do that. If he can rise from the dead, believe me, whatever it is you're facing, it is not new to him. Whatever pain it is you're going through, anguish, it is not new to him. But he's saying this is a very serious call. You have got to be able to receive what he has given today. What we commemorate him giving today, he has given it. Take it freely. It is not going to run out. So don't take a little bit and think you're taking liberties from God. So I'll just go for a little bit because I, I don't want to trouble him. No, I couldn't get a you know, big enough jack to show how much. I mean, he could, he's pouring. He is pouring. He's just waiting for you to open up and receive what he has for you. So that is his message for you today. Now, um, I'm going to play a song. Yep. And as the song plays... I need you guys to take it personally and seriously and make it a personal declaration to God that you want him to fill you up. You want him to completely overflow you so that wherever you go, it's just God that's just permeating and coming out of you. Wherever you go, this is how you can get to a situation where your shadow can heal someone. It's because you are walking in the overflow of God. And that is what he has for you today. So we play the song.
Amen. Just going to quickly close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the word that you've given to us, Lord. Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit begin to do your work, Lord, in your people's hearts. Father God, I just pray, Almighty God, that you may fill us. You may overflow our hearts, our lives, our hearts. Father God, we receive your ultimate gift. We receive your love today, God. We receive your mercy today, God. We receive your peace today, God. We receive your healing today, God. We receive our breakthroughs today, Jesus. We receive you wholeheartedly, Father. We give you all of us, Father God. We're not perfect in any way. But as we are, we're opening up our hearts wide, arms wide open. We're coming to you to receive the gift that you have given to us. Father God, we just pray that you do your work in us. You'd carry out your work that you need to do in us, Father, and you search us and reveal to us the imperfections, Father, that are stopping us from having a good relationship with you, God, a relationship that results in overflow, Almighty God. Father, we pray over this church, Almighty God. We pray over every church member who isn't even here today, God. We just pray that wherever they are, Father God, you impart your spirit onto them and that just you overflow within their hearts, within their lives, within their communities, their neighborhoods, wherever they stay, Father God, so that wherever we go, we are walking and living in your overflow and just living in your perfect will, Almighty God. Father God, we're breaking all those strongholds that hold us, Almighty God, breaking all the pain, all the offense, all the heartache, all the addiction. Father God, by the name, in the name of Jesus and the blood that has been spilled on Calvary, we just bind all of those strongholds, Almighty God, and just place your Holy Spirit in our hearts that it may do its work. We thank you, Almighty God. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 God is great. That is the work of God through the international group. That is the work of God through the international group. And we thank God that even though we are one body, we have our hands, our heads, our eyes, our nose, and each part is playing what God wants us to do. So we thank God for what we have heard right now. And in the name of Jesus, we pray that the words that he has put into us, the meditation of our hearts, will be acceptable in his sight so that we will be able to live out 
the new age in us. Out of the old age. Because if you are in Christ, that is exactly what should happen. You should be able to live the reality of the new age. Out of the old age in our lives. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our dear Savior who has risen today with a new thing in our lives altogether. In Jesus' name, amen.